Luke chapter 15, beginning at verse 11, And he said, A certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. Now if you want to know what kind of living that was, it says riotous. If you look in verse 30, his brother was quick to tell you, as soon as this your son came which had devoured thy living with harlots, you've killed for him the fatted calf. So it was a very wild life that he began to live, a very sinful life. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he, that citizen, sent him, the son, into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat. But watch this. And no man gave unto him. In other words, he was wanting what the pigs was eating. But the people that were feeding the pigs wouldn't let him have it. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father. And I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. And am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him and said, or the son said in him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight I am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth best, the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. In other words, the father didn't say, You're right, son. Let's talk about how wicked you have been. Let's talk about how far you've gone and how low you've sunk. No, 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 no. All he says is, Bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and put shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry for this my son was dead and he is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to be merry. Let's pray. Father, we, just, we love you so much and we're thankful for this day. We're thankful for this Father's Day. We're thankful, Lord, for this words that we've already read, that we've just read in your Holy Bible that tells us about the love of a father. And this was an earthly father, and you're our heavenly father. 
And your love goes so much farther than any earthly love. And we thank you today, Lord. Help us to understand and receive all that you have for us, Lord. Help us to receive the Father's love in our life. In every area we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, as I said, as I've studied the scripture and prayed and, and uh, meditated on the things of God, many times God reveals things to me that I've never seen before through the scriptures. And I want to share with you something that I saw in this portion of scripture that I've read to you this morning. How many know that we live today in a very different world than we did 30 years ago? The Ward and June Cleaver family of Beaver is almost non-existent. It's not that there's no such thing as a traditional family anymore. It's not that there's no such thing as a normal, traditional family anymore. But it's just that society doesn't really recognize it anymore. Society has embraced a new family structure now, and it's simply this. Anything goes. Anything goes. Two dads in the home, two moms in the home, two dads, one mom, two moms, one dad. Anything goes. How many knows I'm telling the truth? It's happening all over the world. But it's happening in our United States of America. And as a country, we're being destroyed. And it's not from intercontinental ballistic missiles. Our country is disintegrating and dissolving and falling apart from the inside right before our eyes. We actually have nearly two generations now of fatherless children. Stay with me. Children who didn't really have a father. At first, there was no father in the homes being raised by a single parent. But now it's a different issue and situation, but it's the same end product, the same fruit. Two mommies, two dads, one dad, one mom, two dads, one mom, Two moms, one dad, uh, anything goes, but the end is the same. It's still producing a fatherless spirit. We might even call it an orphan spirit. An orphan spirit. And you may argue the point and you may say, but pastor, two dads in the home, that they've got two dads, they have a father. But being a man doesn't make you a father. And especially if the man identifies as a woman. Then we're right back where we started again with a fatherless spirit. No father. No father oversight. No father nurturing. I know that that I'm sounding negative here, but I, I want us to look at the situation honestly. But what I really want to address today and what I'm really speaking to is not the physical breakdown of the family but the spiritual breakdown. Everybody say spiritual breakdown. The natural. Everybody say the natural is the fruit. But the spiritual is the root. 
What we see happening in the natural is the fruit. But the roots go down into a spiritual place. It's spiritual. It's a spiritual condition that produces the physical or the natural condition. We have the natural problem because of the spiritual problem. So what we're seeing in our society today is children who have an orphan spirit. And when I say children, I'm not just talking about juveniles. I'm talking about full-grown men and women who, even though they're adults, they're full-grown, they have an orphan spirit. In other words, they have never really known the love, the caring, and the nurturing of a father. Consequently, they are unidentified. Because it's the father that gives identity to the child. It is the father's place to identify the children, to give identity to the children. That's why the church is so important to society right now. Why is the church so important? It's so important because it is only the church that can lead a fatherless generation into the arms of their heavenly father who can heal them, who can nurture them, and who can identify them or give them their identity. That's why the church is so critical. That's why the church must be the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why we cannot be afraid to speak the truth. That's why we have to speak the truth in love. That's why we can't water it down and we can't dilute it until you can't find the truth anymore. There has to be men and women of God that will still tell people that sin is sin. That will still tell people that homosexuality is a sin. That will still tell people that lesbianism is a sin so they can get saved, so they can get delivered, so they can get set free, so they can find their identity in God. The church is critical in this hour because it's only the church that can lead a fatherless generation back to their heavenly father. But there's only, or there is a problem. There is a big problem And I need you to give me a little grace. Say, Pastor, Pastor, we extend you you a little grace. grace. (laughs) Now stay with me while I work with that little grace you've extended me. There's a problem. The problem, to a large measure is the church. say, what in the world are you talking about? You just said the church is the answer. Now you said the church is the problem. <laughs> now I know I've got your attention. <laughs> Pastor, you're confused. And you're confusing me. Well, let me try to help you. You have to realize that when we use the term church, and I say the church is the problem, I'm not saying God is the problem. I'm not saying the Word of God is the problem. I'm not saying the Holy Spirit is the problem. They're never, he's never the problem. The Word is never the problem. The, the Gospel is never the problem. The God is never the problem. Then what is the problem when you say the church is the problem? It's the institution that we call the church. Watch now. Hang on. Look at your neighbor. Say, hang on, neighbor. Hang on. Say, it's going to get rough here for just a little bit, but it'll get better. Hang on. 
The problem is the institution we call the church that wants to live as though they are their own God. In other words, it's the segment of the church that wants every blessing of God the Father, but they don't want Father God. What do I mean? I mean that our fatherless problem in society are the product of a fatherless church. Oh, my love. Oh, it got, got rough right there. I knew it would. I knew it would. Some people just dropped out. Yeah, give me a little more grace. A little more grace. Okay, I'm going to get there. It's the fatherless church. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? I'm not talking about the fatherless in the sense that you think of an absentee father. Not talking about a father who was never there because of work or because he deserted the family or divorce or something happened that took the father out of the house. I'm talking about fatherless because so many people in the church have an attitude like the prodigal son. He had a father, but he didn't want a father. Oh, oh. What was his attitude? His attitude was this. I want the Father's blessing, but I don't want the Father up in my business. I want what the Father can give me, but I don't want the Father having anything to say about what I do with it. That's the attitude of the prodigal son. That was the attitude that led him out of the father's house to selfish, sinful living and finally to the pig pen. His attitude was, I want what the father can give me, but I don't want my father. That's a fatherless mindset. We need to keep in mind something when we read this story very often. Our mind goes directly to the pig pen and how bad things were for this poor, unfortunate prodigal. But we need to keep in mind that at any point, this prodigal could have changed directions. At any point, he could have went home. Why did he not go home? Friend, he did not have to go so far. He didn't have to go so deep. He didn't have to go to the pig pen. He didn't have to lose his self-respect and his dignity. He didn't have to come to the place where he looked like the pigs and smelled like the pigs. He didn't have to come to this place. So I asked myself when I read this and God began to speak to me, I said, why then? Why did he go so far? Why did this prodigal son who was very wealthy, who was in a very wealthy environment, who had a very wonderful uh, uh, surroundings and environment, why did he leave that place and go to such a low, despicable place? Why? Until he finds himself in the place where he's fighting the pigs for their slop. I said, why, God? He said, the answer is very simple. He didn't want a father. Hmm? Why did he not want a father? Then I had to ask myself, if he didn't want a father, why did he not want a father? He wanted an absentee father, father, because he didn't want accountability. He didn't want accountability. Why didn't he stop any time along the way and turn around? Because he didn't want accountability. 
Because he knew the moment that he turned around and go back to the father, the father's going to act like a father. The father was not, the father is not just about doling out blessings. The father is about oversight, care, concern, involvement. Why didn't he turn around? (laughs) Why? Because he didn't want, he didn't want that. He didn't want accountability. He didn't want correction. He didn't want correction. He wanted to do what he wanted to do. And he wanted to enjoy what he wanted to do. And he wanted the Father's blessings, the, what he could get from the Father, that he could use for his own enjoyment, but he didn't want any correction. I'll take what you can give me. I'll take what you can offer to me. But I don't want your advice. I don't want your correction. He didn't want any oversight over his life. He wanted to be his own boss. He wanted the Father's blessing. But he wanted them on his terms. Friend, that's what I'm talking about when I say the church is a big part of the problem. That's the condition in the church that has produced a fatherless society. There's only one cure. I've got to tell you, there's only one cure. It's the same as it was in the story of the prodigal son. There was a cure. There was an answer. The son, the child, the prodigal, the church, the church that's prodigal must come to themselves. Just like this young man. He came to himself in the pig pen. He came to himself. What does that mean? That means he came back to a son mentality. That means he came back to his mind that said, I have a father that loves me. I have a father that cares about me. I have a father that has my best interest at heart. I have a father, and if I go back to him, I know he loves me, cares for me, but I'm going to have to submit myself. I'm going to have to get under his governing, under his correction, under his instruction, under his direction, I'm going to have to be willing to listen and obey. Now friend, that's what happened in the pig pen. When we say he came to himself, that's what it means. It means he realized, I've got a father, I'm a child, I'm a son. There's a relationship there that I have ignored. I want it restored. And it's not going to happen with me here. I've got to go back and I've got to submit. And I've got to say, Father, I've sinned against heaven and I've sinned against you. I know I'm not worthy. I know I don't deserve to be called your son. You just make me as one of your hired servants. I'll listen, one of your hired servants. I'll listen to your correction. Just make me as one of your hired servants. You don't have to treat me like a son. I'll, I'll take your rebuke. I'll take your reproof. I'll take your correction. I'll take your advice. If I can just get back in your house. If I can just get close to you again. See, he's starting to understand. He's starting to appreciate his father. He's starting to love his father. See, he loved what his father could give him. He loved what his father could do for him. But he didn't love his father. So, 
You must come back to a father-son mindset. In other words, we must give up our right to rule ourselves, govern ourselves, decide for ourselves. There must be a willingness to not only receive the father's blessing, but the father's instruction, the father's correction, the father's involvement in our business. The problem that I'm speaking of is we have raised a prodigal church. What are you talking about? I'm talking about a church with a mindset that God's only reason for existing is to protect us and to pr provide for us and to bless us and to prosper us and make us feel good about ourselves. And even though they're not in the crack house or the whore house, uh, they're still prodigals in their spirit because they want the inheritance of sons with the mindset of a thief. What is the mindset of a thief? I'll take whatever I can get and go. Yeah. Yeah. And even though, how many understand what I'm saying? Yeah. They're not in the crack house, they're not in the whorehouse, they're in the church house, but they've got a prodigal mindset. Yeah. The prodigal mindset is I'm just here to get my blessing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just here to get what I can get. Don't correct me, don't instruct me, don't tell me nothing, don't. I'm just here for the blessing. And we have raised, and I'm not trying to be mean, but this is what the Holy Spirit began to reveal to me. We have raised a generation of prodigals within the church. They're in the church. They're not, they're not in the crack house. They're not in the world. They're not, they're not on the side of the road somewhere in a pig pen. They're in the church, but they have a prodigal mindset. A church with a mindset that God's only reason for existing is to protect us, provide for us, and bless us, and prosper us, and make us feel good about ourselves. And even though they're not in the world, they're in the church, they have a prodigal mindset, the mindset of a thief. I'll take the blessing and leave, meaning I'll take the blessing of the Father, but I don't want the Father interfering in my life. I guess this would probably be a good time to give you the title. Since I didn't, Father knows best. If I would have been a real good preacher, I would have started with the show about Father knows Father knows best and talked about that guy that uh, McDonald Carey and how he played that part of Father and it was a good show. But I really, really do believe. Father knows best. As soon as he came to himself, he woke up. He realized his greatest need was not the Father's blessing, but the Father. He repented. What did he come back to? Did he come back to the Father's house? Not really. It wasn't the house that he was coming back to. Did he come back to money? Not really. Not really. It wasn't the money that he was coming back to. Was he coming back to prestige? No, no, not really. Was he coming back to power? No, no, not really. That's not what he, what he was coming back to was what he had left. What he had left was a relationship with his father. He was finally understanding the most important thing is sonship. The most important thing, daddy, it's not what you can do for me. It's not the money. 
It's not the college. It's not this or that or the other. It's not the good things. It's not all of the all of the provisions that you've made for me. It's not all those things. I just want to be close to you, Dad. I just want to be in your presence, Dad. The most important thing is not what you can do for me. It's you. I want to be with you. That's what he came back to. He came back to a father-son relationship. He came back to intimacy. He came back to love. He came back to submission. He came back to surrender. He came back to humility. He came back to a recognition that father really does know what is best. Hallelujah. See, that was his problem in the beginning. He took all the wealth and the blessing. And the Bible says he left. A few days later, he left. He went into a far country. Why does it say far country? Because he wanted to get away from the Father. So you can't tell me what to do. You can't tell me how to live. You can't correct me. You can't instruct me. You can't oversee me. I'll do what I want to do. Isn't it sad to say I will do what I want to do? With what you gave me. I know it came from you. I know you're the one that gave it to me. But mind your own business. I believe today. There is a work of the Holy Spirit that's taking place. And this surprised me when the Lord began to reveal it to me. But I believe it's first in the church. I believe the Holy Spirit is waking up prodigals in the church. We wonder sometimes why so many children are prodigals from the church. Here's where I need a little more grace. If I say a little more grace, Pastor. A little more grace. <laughs> I need a little more grace. We wonder sometimes why... There are so many prodigal from the church and fail to recognize that there are prodigals in the church. Meaning, if our children grow up in church and all they see is people who want the blessing of God, but they won't be instructed, they won't be corrected, they rebel against chastisement. They reject sound doctrine and reproof. They live like they want. They pick and choose what scriptures they obey, if any. Then is it any wonder that the children in the home become prodigal from the church? Because they live in the church watching prodigal parents. Of course, look at, look at somebody right there. See, he's not talking to you. That's another church. <laughs> I'm, this, is, this is like hitting me between the eyes. It's like, Lord, you're talking to the church. I never saw this before. I, I wouldn't have understood this before. But the Holy Spirit caused me to understand. There are prodigals in the church. They've never left the church, but they've got a prodigal mindset. They've got a fatherless spirit. They want to do their own thing, their own way with the blessings that they got from God. And then we wonder why our children grow up and they leave and they go away from the church and become prodigals from the church. Because the church is filled with prodigals. 
But I believe the Holy Spirit is doing the work. And I believe that within the church, prodigals are waking up. Why? Because I'm telling you, the only way to reach this world and this prodigal orphan spirit in this world and this fatherless spirit in the world is for the church to wake up uh, to their right relationship with their heavenly father and to get rid of a fatherless spirit and to come back to the father and say to the father, I'm not just interested in your blessing. I'm not just interested in what you can do for me. I just want a father. I just want you to be my father. I want you to, I want you to, I want you to confirm me and affirm me when I do well. I want you to scold me when I do wrong. I want you to correct me. I want you to instruct me. I submit to you. I humble myself before you. I yield to you. You are my I'm telling you, I believe we'll see the prodigals come home. We'll see the prodigals come back to the church when the prodigals in the church come back to the Father. We'll see the prodigals come back to the church when we see the prodigals in the church come back to the Father. And what did he say? I'm no more longer. I'm not worthy. I don't deserve to be called a son. I don't deserve that kind of relationship. But if you just let me be in the house, I'll take your correction I'll listen to what you tell me. I'll be a servant. Do you know what the Father said? In so many words, I've already got servants. I don't want you to be a servant. I want a son. I want you back in the same relationship that we had. I'm not the one that left. I never told you to go. I never said I didn't love you. I never said I didn't want you. I never said that you didn't belong. You took yourself out of that relationship. And he is the one that brought himself back to that relationship. When he came to himself. Would you stand with me? I believe that there is an awakening that is taking place. I believe there's a work of the Holy Spirit that's taking place. And amazingly, I don't believe it's all out there in the world. I don't believe it's all about just getting the lost saved. I believe God is waking up a prodigal spirit in the church. Sons and daughters that have been prodigal in their spirit, that have lived like thieves, who want the Father's blessing without the Father's oversight, without the Father's instruction, correction, reproof. But the Bible says reproofs and instruction are the way of life. The Bible says if you're without chastisement, then you're an illegitimate child and you do not belong to Him because God chastises everyone that belongs to Him. 
when the prodigals come back to the Father in the church, the prodigals will come back to church and find God. How many understood what I said today? Did it make sense? How many understand that our prodigals Let me be honest, okay? They're not waiting to see God. They're waiting to see a relationship between His children and Himself. They're not waiting for God to show Himself. They're waiting for us to show them what it looks like to have a father-son relationship with God. That they want. If this generation tells me anything... It tells me that they want this. They don't know how to ask for it, but they want it. They want it so bad that they can that they can settle for two mommies or two dads or a mommy and two dads or two dads and one mommy. They want it so bad. And their hearts are so empty because they're fatherless. And the only ones that can really tell them what a father is like the only one that can really bring them back into identity is God. And the only way God can do it is through you and I, His church. And God the Father is just like that Father in the Bible who was watching, He was watching every day. And the Bible says He saw His Son afar off. He saw him afar off, which means he was scanning the horizon every day. Will this be the day? Will this be the day my son wakes up? Will this be the day when he comes to himself? And he says, I need a father. Will this be the day when my son says, I want more than just my father's money and his blessing and his peace and his health and, and strength and healing. Will this be the day when my son will say, I want a father and he'll come home. And he saw him afar off. I'm telling you, God is looking. God is looking. The heart of Father God is looking. And he's looking afar off and he sees us even if we're at a distance. We're saying, Lord, Father, I'm coming home. I'm coming home. I don't want to be a prodigal anymore. I don't want an orphan spirit. I don't want a fatherless spirit. I want a father. And you are my father. You are my father. I want you to reach over and take somebody's hand this morning. And I want us to begin to pray for fatherless sons and fatherless daughters. I want us to begin to pray for fatherless sons and daughters. That, and that doesn't just mean that they don't have fathers. That means that they are they have an orphan spirit. They have an orphan spirit. They, they're, they're orphaned. They're deserted in their spirit. And they, they have no father in their spirit. And today I feel the Holy Spirit is really drawing and the Holy Spirit is really wanting to, to awaken and to open eyes and understanding and bring people back into a father-son relationship. Would you pray with me right now? Father, what Jesus came to reveal to us is we have a Father. 
And our Father in Heaven loves us. And our Father in Heaven cares for us. And our Father in Heaven knows what's best for us. And our Father knows what's best and wants what's best for us. Lord, we pray today for people, men and women, who are prodigal in their spirit. We pray for the prodigals in the church today. I pray for those who are prodigals in the house of God. Yes, they're in church. They come every Sunday, but they're prodigal in their spirit. They're prodigal. They have no father. They have not submitted to the father's oversight. Lord, but today, God, wake up those sons. Wake up those prodigals, Lord. Wake them up in the churches, oh God. Lord, let our children that are looking at us see the prodigals waking up. Let the prodigals from the church see the prodigals in the church coming back to the Father. And they'll come back to the church when they see us come back to the Father. Oh, God, I thank you, Lord. God, that today you, you minister, Lord, to hearts, God, that are fatherless, hearts that feel an emptiness, Lord, hearts that feel a vacuum, Lord, because of, of the absence of a father. Lord, hearts, Lord, that have, have felt uh, that emptiness and that vacuum, Lord, uh, because of a natural father being absent. Uh, oh, God, I pray that by the Spirit uh, you will minister to them uh, and you will be to them a father today and you will minister to them fatherhood and you will give them nurturing and you will give them your love and you will give them your goodness Lord and you will watch over them and draw them close and you will give them their belonging Lord you will give them their belonging Lord oh because you're looking for sons you're not just looking for servants somebody who won't work in your house but you're looking for sons thank you Jesus Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for prodigals coming home. Thank you, Jesus, for prodigal children, sons and daughters and grandchildren coming home to the Father. knows that everything that the Word of God says is not always easy. <laughs> and sometimes you have to swallow hard. And you have to look at yourself and you have to say, have I been prodigal? And I look back at my life and I can see times in my life when there is no doubt about it. That I was in the house, but I was as prodigal as they could be, because all I wanted was his blessing, and I wanted to do it my way, with his blessing. I don't want to do it that way anymore. I want to do it his way, because Father knows best. Father knows best. He knows what I need. He knows when I need it. He knows what I don't need. One of the greatest hardships of my life was when my father said something to me, my father God. And I said, I know that I don't need it, but it's not going to hurt me. But father knew best. And it was a long road. 
and it was a very grievous, painful road. I would have never had to walk if I would have listened to the Father. Hallelujah. Don't you love him today? Isn't he a wonderful father? Even 